Welcome to the start of a new era in sports talk radio with Minnesota Sports Talk, and I'm your host, David Shelsky. Another new era may start after the Vikings pulled out today's victory. All signs to the Vikings firing Mike Zimmer after leading the Vikings to two losing seasons in a row. Mike Zimmer held his head high today and even saluted the Vikings faithful as he walked off the field. There were some fan boos at the end of the game only because we chose to run out the clock instead of giving Justin Jefferson a chance at breaking Randy Moss's 2003 receiving record. Now Randy Moss did that in 16 games. Justin Jefferson had the extra 17th game. However, Justin Jefferson, if stays stays healthy, should get another chance at breaking that record. Now that all signs lead to Mike Zimmer not being a Viking next year, we can look at his record. He's got 128 games under his belt, 73 of those wins, 56 losses, one tie. Ending his career as one of the most successful Vikings head coaches in team history. However, only made the playoffs three times. And in those playoffs, he's 2-3. and three. So there are disappointments. Things could have been different when he started as the head coach in 2014. He was 7-9. and nine. But if you remember that year, Adrian Peterson was suspended for 15 games of the season. So that started his career. What, what did also change it is maybe we make that chip shot field goal the following year in 2015. He took that team to an 11-5 record. He did take us to the NFC title game. Other coaches have done that for us. But again, he did it. 13-3 regular season. Minnesota miracle. We did not show up at all. His defense got destroyed against the Eagles in the NFC title game. That still still holds a, a thorn in our side. And then we pick up Kirk Cousins 8-7-1. We go back to the playoffs, a 10-6 record in 2019. In the last two years have been unfortunate failures. Last year, a lot of injuries, you know, and a new defense, a lot of new players on defense, COVID, no home fans to the stadium, a lot of things going against them. This year should have been different. This year should have been different, and we just could not close out games. We often took the foot off the pedal when we got the lead. We could not stop teams from scoring in the final minutes of the half. A missed field goal here to lose a game. Giving up a last-second touchdown to Detroit Lions. A lot of things causing this frustration. Pointing to Mike Zimmer losing his job and us having to search many, many coaching possibilities, which I'll bring up 
in a little bit. So stay tuned. Mike Zimmer on his way out. He did salute the faithful. I think the fans were respectful for him. They were not booing him. They probably could have been booing him the first half. Let's look at that game. Let's look at the highlights of that game. They didn't start until 30 seconds left in the half. Again, we give up three points again right at the end of the half. Put us down by 14, or a touchdown at the end of the half. Put us down 14. They got an extra point, a two-point conversion. Went up 14-0. Kirk Cousins, couple big plays. Gets us down within, you know, touchdown territory. We get a holding penalty. Brings us back. We try one more time. Nothing. Kirk Cousins smartly throws it away. And then we kick a field goal to make it 14-13. He comes out the second half. A nice drive. And Imar Smith-Marset coming out party with over 100 yards. Makes a couple big plays. Gets a touchdown. The Another big highlight was after that touchdown to open up the second half. It looked like Andy Dalton ran it in for a score on third down. Turns out he was a yard short. They try to pass it on fourth. We sack him for a loss and take over on downs. Starting the fourth quarter, Justin Jefferson, amazing touchdown. Kirk Cousins scrambles. Jefferson's on a somewhat of a fade route down the sideline, more like a go. He stops short. He stops at the end zone. Hesitation. Defensive back does not turn around. He steps a few steps back, catches the ball, does a dance in the back of the end zone. I don't even think he did the gritty. I think we didn't get the gritty today. I think the camera pulled away. I didn't see much more of the dance, but he did a little dance, and it looked great. Maybe he's starting a new one. But that was a big play. Kirk Cousin made it happen. He Much like... Much like Randall Cunningham to Randy Moss back in 98. Just throw it up, baby. And that's what happened. Justin Jefferson came down with it. K.J. Osborne, TD, diving catch in the fourth quarter. Justin Jefferson was wide open. He would have had a touchdown, too. It's just that Kirk Cousins saw K.J. Osborne first for the diving catch. He was also wide open. You could see Justin Jefferson throw up his hands. He knew he had the Vikings single season yardage record on that play. We were at the 21-yard line. It wasn't meant to be. That could have set the record. Instead, we kneel kneel down, run out the clock at the end of the game. Another big play, Patrick Peterson, pick six, is First and only INT of the year. He promised the color commentator, I forget his name offhand, a former NFL player, his son's birthday today. He said if he intercepted a ball today that he would sign the ball and give it to him for his birthday. And it happened. Much like Babe Ruth. 
promising at a homer. You know, Patrick Peterson prom. He says he gets an INT. He's gonna autograph and give it to him as a birthday present. And that's what happened. I believe sixty-five yard pick six. Patrick Peterson replaying his old punt returning days for a touchdown. Vikings finished with seven sacks, a plus two turnover ratio, two total picks, with uh, including the one from Patrick Peterson. I would say the player of the game would be Kirk Cousins. 14 for 22, 250 yards with three TDs, three different receivers for those touchdowns. He didn't get Justin Jefferson his record. He ended with a 142.1 quarterback rating. Most of all his offense, most of all the Vikings offense came in the second half and add 30 seconds in the second half, in the first half. And that's where all the offense came. Mike Zimmer left out on a win, a high note, something to be proud of. He will not be our coach, I don't believe. All signs point to that. However, he brought us from a three-win season to an NFC title game. One game away from Minnesota Vikings Super Bowl in Minnesota. There was a lot to be proud of. I I could say he is right. He should be able to hold his head high like he said he would. Now... I think Mike Zimmer being gone is a foregone conclusion. I think we're going the offense of my offense-minded coach. When Mike Zimmer was hired, it was not a good year for hiring at the time. I believe there wasn't too many opportunities. We were not a destination, and we were picky. But I think. We listened to people and we hired the right person for the right time for what we could get with a three-win team and one of the worst defenses in history. It was so bad. If you remember, we had one of the worst defenses I've ever seen. And he turned it around and made us into a contender in one of the more magical seasons the Vikings have ever had in 2017. Now I went to my Twitter following to see who would we who would we look to for head coaching opportunities. My first my first Twitter message was from JD Burleson. He said I would like Bienemy from the Chiefs because I think he's diverse in his offense. He's been around RB coach when he was when we had AP running for a lot of yards and now throwing the ball with the Chiefs. And Chiefs creativity is something we've seen, we have not seen in some time. Now, Eric Bieniemy is a familiar face to the Vikings. In 2006 through 2010, he was our running backs coach. In 2010, he was our assistant head coach. We know how the 2009 season went. It was a great year, one of our more magical years. Uh, he was promoted, I think, probably to retain him as the assistant head coach. He probably had opportunities elsewhere. He stayed loyal. 
I think it may have cost him because it looks like he did not. He was not in the league in 2011 and 2012. He may have stepped back, looked for the right opportunity. And he did end up with the Chiefs where he was the running backs coach until 2017. Promoted to offensive coordinator 2018, 19, 20, and this year 21. This is an Andy Reid offense. However, Andy Reid coaching tree has been su- successful. Doug Peterson was an Andy Reid disciple. He didn't call the plays, much like Biennemi famously talks about, as he doesn't believe that is an issue, that he's not the play caller for the Chiefs. Now, do we, would we trust uh, an Eric Biennemi? Now, he did, he did make Adrian Peterson into a pro. He was tough love to Adrian Peterson, and he kept his kept his head on his shoulders. He kept him solid to the ground. Adrian Peterson was a good Viking, and I think it has a lot to do with Eric Bieniemy being his running backs coach for four years. Not to mention, you know, as a rookie in 2007, he had one of the more better running back seasons in history. And he wasn't even our starter for the first half of the season. And Eric Bieniemy, he made him patient. He had he broke the record, 296 yards in a single season game. If he stayed healthy the entire season and started, he probably breaks the rookie rushing record. It wasn't meant to be, much like Justin Jefferson. He's just, now has got his rookie receiving record broken, and now. He's 17 yards shy and breaking the record. So a lot of things come back, just like back in 2007 with Adrian Peterson. Now, Eric Bieniemy could be an option. I'm not going to say he's not. He is a kind of a tough love coach, and he has not been a play caller. So he may be one of those coaches that might be the you know, the head of the team, and he has an OC, and he has a defensive coordinator. He could be that guy. I'm not sure he is, though. He may not be the right fit, but he's definitely someone we'll look at, and I think he'll get an opportunity if he if he decides to interview with us. The uh, second, I got, this one's funny, though. Uh, we'll see what I talk about this one. Ballpark Fans 1 says... Tony Dungy because he wins. Now I ask who should be the next head coach and why. And this guy says Tony Dungy because he wins. Tony Dungy is happy in retirement. It's, it reminds me of all the years that the Minnesota Gophers said, hey, we want Tony Dungy to be our head coach. And no, he's retired and he's going to stay that. So I'm not going to talk about Tony Dungy. Um, Paul Seasmill says, OC's Josh McDaniels and Greg Roman should be interviewed strongly, considered for the Vikings head coach position. McDaniels for his 12 years of successful experience with the Pats, and Roman for his success with the 49ers and Ravens. Hell, he says. Roman retooled a scheme to fit QB Lamar Jackson's skill set. So... If you're looking at Josh McDaniels, you'll talk we'll talk about two strikes. One strike would 
probably be that he drafted Tim Tebow in the first round for the Denver Broncos. However, he did get all he could out of Tim Tebow. You could you could say that might have been a wash, but a lot of people say that's strike one. He got to choose who he wanted to draft in the first round, and he said, Tim Tebow is my quarterback. Now, that would probably be strike one. Now, he saw the New England Patriots from 2001 to 2008 as a personal assistant, defensive assistant coach, defensive assistant coach again, quarterback's coach, 04 and 05. He's Tom Brady's quarterback's coach. He's offensive coordinator in 06, 07, and 08. Double duty also as a quarterback's coach before he landed the Denver job, where he unfortunately went 8-8 eight and eight and 3-9, and nine, apparently fired before the season ended. St. Louis Rams offensive coordinator. He then he went back to the New England, New England Patriots from 2012 to now. But a second strike, and I'm not sure which year. I can't remember. I don't think it's important. But he turned down. He got the job. He accepted it. Was the next Indianapolis Colts head coach. And backed out, said he didn't want it anymore. And he went back to become the New England Patriots offensive coordinator. That's strike two um, for a lot of people. Do I think Josh Daniels is going to entertain some head coaching jobs? And would the Vikings consider him? I think they would. Because he did go back to the Patriots. He ate some crow. They had a losing season. And he took a Mac Jones going into today at 10-6 and six record. Mac Jones. A lot of them have the New England Patriots as a front runner in the AFC this year, in the playoffs this year. They are very creative. There has been some complaints off and on about his play calling, and he actually has admitted to some deficiencies. But in many cases, I might be nitpicking. He does have a rookie quarterback. So, yes, Josh McDaniels might be an option. Now let's look at Greg Roman. This is not a name being thrown around, but it's an interesting idea. He... Has a long history. He is 95 to 2001 with the Carolina Panthers at various positions. 2002 to 2005 with the Houston Texans. Being a quarterback's coach. Um, Baltimore Ravens from 05 to 07. Then went to the Stanford Cardinals for 2009 to 2010. Various, many different hats he wore at at that job. He went to San Francisco 2011 to 2014 in the bill as the offensive coordinator, 2015 to 2006 offensive coordinator. He had success with the 49ers, 13 and 3, 11 and 4, 12 and 4. 8 and 8, unfortunately. It looks like that was the Harbaugh era. Uh, went to the Buffalo Bills, so 15, 2016. Then he lands in Baltimore 
takes a lower position, tight ends coach. Ends up being an offensive coordinator from 2019, where they went 14-2 and in his first year as a OC for Baltimore. 11-5, and and now 8-8 eight and eight going into today. I think they may have pulled that out today. I don't know. Lamar Jackson didn't play. And we'll talk about his backup today at some point. Jim Har- John Harbaugh does not call the plays. Greg Roman does. And Lamar Jackson has openly said that the defense seems to know what the what they what play they are running. This is not a good thing for an offensive coordinator to be to have said about himself. So that is a little uh that is a red flag. I don't believe because of the the downward trend of the Baltimore offense. Do you need a Lamar Jackson to save his offensive play calling? I don't know. I I do not hear much talk about Greg Roman being a uh, an option to head coach for people. There's not a lot of buzz about it. He may retain his offensive coordinator position. Who knows? Maybe they'll go in a different direction, but he's not on an upward trend. So I don't see that happening. So the next the next tick or Twitter follower, Forts2345, F-O-R-T-S, 2345, Jim Harbaugh, because he brought khakis back so he can fix anything. (laughs) Even though that's not a serious answer, it is a serious candidate. Something I didn't really know, and this is from NFLHistory.com. Jim Harbaugh got his start in coaching as an unpaid assistant coach for the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers from 89 to 2001. That is a long stint as an unpaid assistant. What did he do? I would love to dive into that to find out. Now, this may, he may have been a ruin for football. There is a funny story. Um, and I think I could probably find video of it somewhere of Mike Ditka saying he will never let Jim Harbaugh throw or call another audible ever again after he threw a a pick six after he audibled. It was a bad play. He threw it straight out into the flat. The cornerback broke in front of the ball and ran in for the end zone. And you could see Mike Ditka as pissed as any coach could be. I've never seen someone throw someone under the bus as bad as Mike Dicka did in his press conference. So that may have ruined him for NFL football for a while, where he didn't join the league as a coach until 2002 as a quarterback's coach for the Oakland Raiders for 2002 and 03. I'd have to go look to see if that was, you know, the years they were competitive. Rich Gannon, maybe in eleven, you know, eleven and five season. It looks like. I think that's probably about when it was happening, or maybe the year after, when Gruden left to go to Tampa. I don't know. I can't. I'm thinking that was around the same time. Two thousand four, he was with the San Diego Toros. Two thousand four, two thousand five, two thousand six. He upgraded. Got went to the Stanford Cardinals. 
Started out slow, turned him around, hit him with 12 and 1, became the hot coach. Got hired by San Francisco. First year, went 13 and 3. 1 and 1 in the playoffs that year. Then he became a, you know, darling after 11 and 4 and 12 and 4 season. He took him to a Super Bowl with Colin Kaepernick. And then he benched Colin Kaepernick. So, he had a falling out with the ownership. A lot to be said there. And uh, he just wasn't wanted anymore in San Francisco, even after three stellar seasons. And just one down here. Imagine if he was the Vikings head coach. We would not have fired him after one 500 season. We, we have proven that. Well, if he, what if he was our coach? We'll find out. Maybe he's an opportunity. He has told recruits, apparently, that, at least one recruit, that he would entertain professional head coaching offers. And then he went to the Michigan Wolverines, where he's 2015 through 2000, well, to current year. Um, one losing season, and that was last year, two and four, but, you know, covid he took him to the Big Ten title game, took him to the the playoff, lost the first round, 12-2 and two season, turned it around. There's a lot to be said about Jim Harbaugh's coaching ability. Do we want another gruff interview head coach, Brad Childress, Mike Zimmer, Jerry Burns? All had success. All were gruff. All, you know, all ended up not being the head coach after a while. But, hey, they had successful careers, and maybe Jim Harbaugh would. And, yeah, I'll take it if he takes us to a to a Super Bowl. He did it with Colin Kaepernick. Let's see what the next uh, TikToker said. Said, um... We got David Shaw as an NFL pedigree, only 49. He's finished first in the North Division in the Pac-12, five out of his first seven years. There is a reason, first five out of seven years, because the last two he's had losing seasons. He won a Rose Bowl two times, was the NFL coordinator for Eagles, Raiders, and Ravens. Now, he may have been a hot prospect at one time. He did go as twelve and two season at one time, eleven and three, and twelve and two, eleven and two at one time. However, he is three and nine this year. He was four and two last year, but he was four and eight the year before. He's on a downward trend. I don't see he may stay in coaching, he may go even go to professional, but he will not be as a head coach. I have no no thoughts on that. I have no no, um, I hear nothing about that. I read nothing about that. Now, next uh, is Vikings Maven. Josh McDaniels be my first choice. I already talked about Josh McDaniels. It is an option. He's been groomed for a couple years by a great one himself, Bill Belichick. Uh, backup choice would be Byron Leftwich, young and creative enough to hopefully maximize her talent. There it. If you remember Byron Leftwich, one of the highlights of his life, really, is 
He was marching down the field. He had broken his leg. His offensive line carries him down the field to which he leads them to a victory with a broken leg. This man is loved by his teammates. He is well respected. Bruce Arians talks loads about Byron Leftwich and is given up the play calling. It is Byron Leftwich calling the plays in Tampa Bay. They won a Super Bowl last year. They're 12 and 4 going in today. Tampa Bay Buccaneers may not be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers without Byron Leftwich as their offensive coordinator. He's well respected. He was a fan favorite as a as a professional player. He didn't, you know, didn't set the world on fire. But he's a leader of men and apparently, according to Bruce Aarons, a talent. Not often do you see leaders openly advertise. You will not see Bill Belichick say, Hey, hire my offensive coordinator. But Bill Aaron or Bruce Arians has such respect for Byron Leftwich, he's actually appalled that Byron Leftwich is not a head coach somewhere. That is saying something. That sends, says a lot about Bruce Arians' character. That says a lot about Byron Leftwich. That has Byron Leftwich on my radar. And I say, Vikings, you need to interview him. You need to find out what Byron Leftwich is about. He... You wouldn't have thought it, you know? You wouldn't have thought it, this very charismatic guy. But that's maybe what it is. And, you know, and it overshadows his offensive genius. Who knows? But Bruce Arians says, hire my OC as a head coach. He wants his team to lose his offensive coordinator. It's amazing. You will never see that again. I doubt in the NFL unless it's Bruce Arians doing it again. I got Buxton for MVP on Twitter saying, Jim Harbaugh, because why the F not? I had to bleep that out. So we already talked about Jim Harbaugh. He says, why not? (laughs) I got F-R-O-V-S, Froves. He says, Byron Leftwich. All accounts say this guy is going to be special. Offensive play call is smart and is learning from a couple of the best. True, true, and true. He had a lot of good things pointing to Byron Leftwich. And we got Patrick Pucci, too, from Twitter saying, Eric Bieniemy, solid coach to take from Andy Reid, in my opinion, he says. We already talked about Eric Bieniemy. Now, here's some, here's some coaches that weren't mentioned. In my Twitter following, and that is Doug Peterson. If you remember, he probably created the, one of the best, you know, offensive schemes going into the playoffs in history, where he took Nick Foles to an NFL championship, a Super Bowl, and won it. Knocking off the Vikings in the NFC title game. Just demolishing them. 
and he was a 13 and 3 record that year in 2017. He did follow it up with 9 and 7, 9 and 7. Unfortunately, you know, he made in, in the 2017 season he made two quarterbacks, two completely different quarterbacks look like gangbusters. Carson Wentz was not the guy. Unfortunately, he went 4 and 11. Big disagreements with the front office. And he lost his job. But he's learned from the best. Andy Reid. He should be high on our list. I think he's got the personality for it. I think he's got the respect for it. The guy's a Super Bowl champion. He should be a guy. And I think he's interviewing for Jacksonville. Now, the good thing about Jacksonville interviewing coaches is that we may bite a bullet and not, you know, someone who's going to take the Jacksonville job is not nearly as good a job if he takes the Vikings job, right? So if he does, if we have a coach that's going to take probably the one of the worst jobs in the NFL, just it, Jacksonville has been a mess, and even though they drafted a number one quarterback, we'll see what happens there, but. You know, a young guy is going to take that job just because he's probably thinking that's the only job he's going to get. So there's they, you know, they're going to interview. I believe Doug Peterson. They're bringing him in, and my next guy I'm going to talk about, Kellen Moore. I believe is already interviewed or will interview. Now he he is young. This will be a case where we would have a head coach that does not have a son old enough to coach, to where nepotism would be a problem for the Vikings anymore. I would do a whole story on nepotism with the Vikings. And that's one of the reasons I believe Zimmer is no longer going to be our head coach. He was hired, uh, Kellen Moore, Boise State quarterback. Um, well known for their you know offensive ingenuity. Became the quarterback's coach for the Dallas Cowboys. 10-6 and six record in 2018. Became the offensive coordinator the next year. They went 8-8, eight 6-10. Eight, they have turned it around. Dak Prescott's healthy. Twelve and five going in. Oh, twelve and five for the season. A lot to be said. Dak Prescott is a mobile quarterback than Kirk Cousins. He does make plays with his legs more often. I think he, you know, high thirties and touchdowns this year. Broke the uh, broke Tony Romo's touchdown record yesterday, I believe. That being said, Kellen Moore is a big responsible for that, and you saw him take a backup quarterback this year and beat the Minnesota Vikings. For that alone, I got Kellen Moore high on my list as an option at head coach just because he took the Cowboys' backup and beat us. A no-name. And beat us. I can't even tell you the name of the quarterback offhand. I would have to look it up, but I don't want to put you through it. Another option, I believe, is Brian Dayball. Sean McDermott is the head coach of the Buffalo Bills. Brian Dayball is the OC and the play caller. Plus, plus. He has a long history in the NFL. 
2000 hired as New England Patriots defensive assistant coach. He's been on both sides of the ball. That's actually quite amazing. You don't see that too often. Everybody realized Bill Belichick was a D coordinator. You know, D coordinator for the New York Giants and got carried off the field when they won the 1988 um, Super Bowl season. The 1988 year. Um, New England Patriots through 2000, geez, six. Then he went to the, as wide receivers coach uh, for five of those years. 2007-08, quarterbacks coach for the Jets. They actually went nine and seven one of those years. Amazing. Uh, Cleveland Browns, blah, blah. Kind of bad, five and 11 as offensive coordinator. Went to the Dolphins, six and 10. Blah, that's terrible. Kansas City Chiefs, OC, went 2-14. That's terrible. Kansas City Chiefs in 2012. That was 2000, in 2012, OC, 2-14 for the Chiefs. He went to the Patriots, uh, offensive coaching assistant, so he's now learning under Belichick, 12-4. New England Patriots, 14-15-16. and 15 and 16. He was the tight ends coach. And then he went to the Buffalo Bills as the offensive coordinator again. He got another opportunity. And what did he do? He went 6-10. and 10. But they weren't looking good before. You know, Josh Allen, I forget if that was his rookie year, but if you remember, Josh Allen looked like gangbusters against us. Another disappointing start to one of our seasons. Josh Allen beat us, and the Bills were terrible that year, but Josh Allen looked great in that game, and now has since become one of the better young quarterbacks in the league. He ended up going 10-6, and 13-3, and and 10-6 and going into the day. You have Brian Dable, the play caller for the Buffalo Bills, and he has mentored Josh Allen into one of the best young quarterbacks in the league. Diggs is flourishing. At least he was last year. He did okay this year. He's no Justin Jefferson, but there's a lot to be said about Brian Dable. I don't hear a whole lot of talk, but I do believe he's going to be head coach soon. And lastly, would we retain Mike Zimmer? All all signs point to no. I think we got a clean house. I don't think we can have a son as a defensive coordinator. I don't think we can have a co-defensive coordinator ship again. I don't see that happening. Out of all these names, my favorites probably are Byron Lefwich, Doug Peterson, Kellen Moore, and Brian Dable. Outside shots of John, Jim Harbaugh, Josh McDaniels. I don't see Eric Bieniemy becoming our head coach. I, no disrespect, I think he's going to have an opportunity, but I I believe Spielman is going to go after a play caller. He's going to go after someone who's going to call plays or has a proven record as a head coach. Jim Harbaugh and Doug Peterson got a proven record as a head coach. You got Byron Leftwich. Kellen Moore and Brian Dable as up-and-coming play callers in the NFL. And 
you got to think Byron Leftwich is going to be a head coach this year. I don't see it not happening. Kellen Moore is going to be a head coach. Doug Peterson's coming back in the league. Jim Harbaugh might be a toss-up, but his stock has never been higher after turning the team around, going 12-2. and Now, a couple things to talk about is the Kirk Cousins, and I can say situation, because everybody wants to talk about how can we have Kirk Cousins come back? Oh, he's he's a has a losing record. Well, he doesn't have a losing record. Um, a losing record with the Vikings, but overall, as a quarterback, I believe he's like 500 or a losing record, but narrowly. Uh, the thing is, a losing record with Washington, a winning record with us. I don't know the splits offhand, but we're not going to get rid of Kirk Cousins next year. I, d- I just don't see it as a head coach coming in. The fact that you got a quarterback as capable as Kirk Cousins, and he 33 touchdowns over 4,000 yards this year, missed a, missed a game. Doesn't Hasn't missed games because of injury, only has missed two games with us, one because we were in the playoffs and we gave up the last game of the season to, the again, the Chicago Bears. But this year we won and beat the Chicago Bears last game of the season. Kirk Cousins looked amazing in the second half. He, he avoided some sacks. He Unfortunately, he was getting pressured the whole game, hit every time he was throwing it, unfortunately. But he turned it around in a game you could just give up on. He decided, I want to win this game. I think that's saying a lot. Do we really want to lose on a, go out on a low note, you know, heads held, heads down? No, there was a lot to be happy about this last game, and Kirk Cousins was a big reason for it. Now, two scenarios I see. We hire a head coach, and they like Cousins, and we will have to extend them. We cannot go into the season with, I think, the third worst payroll situation in the league. I'll talk more about that in a future podcast. I don't want to go delve into it too much for already over 40 minutes into this podcast. But Kirk Cousins will get extended. We will lower the cap hit probably by about $10 million. That will put us at about break even. My guess is we will make some negotiations with some defensive players or they'll either be cut or traded to lower cap space. We will have a new offensive-minded head coach who will be more pedal to the metal the whole game where we will rely on our defense to make four or five stops. And I apologize, I'm a little under the weather today. I'm drinking a lot of fluids. I am COVID-free, but I do have a pretty bad cold, so I appreciate you bearing with me with my occasional stops to take a drink of water. Now, the second scenario is we hire a coach. Says he's willing to go another direction, and we trade Cousins. And we would trade Cousins. We could. There would be a team that would want him. It would have to be the right deal. There's a lot of talk about Denver, and we do have a 
our former assistant GM, that's the uh, GM for Denver, that is willing to take some Viking retreads, which has happened. And Kirk Cousins could be the missing piece for what Denver thinks is they got a good team. They're just missing a quarterback. I think if we trade Cousins, we would have to go after a Russell Wilson or a Tyler Huntley who has proven that he can make plays on the ground and be a serviceable in the air. And with the right offense... We could, we could, um, uh, you know, work around his strengths. I think Russell Wilson could adapt to anything. He's a, a just. I think he's just a year older than Kirk Cousins right now. They're both under contract. Russell Williams got money coming to him. We would have to trade to get them, unless Seattle releases Russell Wilson. Tyler Huntley may come at a high price. But we will have draft. We would have draft picks coming back if from trading Cousins, and I wouldn't be surprised we would get a wouldn't get a first round draft pick for Cousins if he's willing to sign an extension with that team. So those would be the two scenarios that I'd see that we either trade Cousins or extend him. I'm leaning towards extending because I, we got the offense to compete in this league. We just need a defense to back it up, and we need a coach willing to be aggressive and put the game out of reach that we haven't had. We haven't had this whole time under Zimmer, but we'll look to that. Now, there are possible retentions on the coaching staff. I think special teams coordinator Ryan Fickent has uh, done a uh, admirable job of turning yeah, the only time we have missed field goal, I think, against the Cardinals, where we can say, "Oh my God, what happened?" With our and then there was a punt return for a touchdown, but other than that, our special teams have been pretty admirable. Our kicking situation has turned around, so a lot of things to be said about him. Now, Andre Patterson. Only way we'd retain him is giving him the D coordinator job. Given him his opportunity, we'd probably have to retain some nepotism because his son, A.C. Patterson, is the offensive quality control and assistant running backs coach. But those are possibilities of retention, maybe a couple others. But I think uh, the offensive or the coach coming in would have an opportunity to interview I apologize for coughing, but again, I got this cold, and I've been I've been fighting it the last few minutes. So I appreciate your holding on. Now the possibility of retention I just talked about. Again, the uh, the quarter the uh, coach coming in will have an opportunity, I think, to interview and to retain and have some say in it. Mike Zimmer, he was famously known for interviewing and saying, "Hey, uh, who, who would you?" They would ask him, "Who would you bring in?" He would say, "I don't know." And that's what Mike Zimmer was, and that's why I never got a ho- head coaching job until the Vikings uh, hired him. But we had we had coaches we could retain that were still good and and honestly filled out his. Um, and then you know we were able to bring in some former head coaches to be his own offensive coordinator. 
So that's where we were with Mike Zimmer. I mean, he he didn't pick coaches really. We it was all up to Spielman who was going to be surrounding Mike Zimmer. And Mike Zimmer was our defensive, you know, minded coach. And then our defense went south the past two years. So unfortunately, Mike Zimmer's got to go. But there are some guys probably worth retaining. Andre Patterson, most notably, we had another 50 sack season. And uh, Andre Patterson is a great developer. We had a poor sack season last year. He turned it around with some young guys. You know, he's worth retaining, but is he a D coordinator? I have no idea. We'll find out. Does he deserve an opportunity? Probably. Is there talk that the fact that Zimmer gave his son the same position as a co-defensive coordinator? Has some bad blood. Well, it's not going to be bad blood anymore because Zimmer is gone. Um, would the would the players rally around an Andre Patterson? Yes, they love. He's the guy that would would psych up the. Co- they would choose to psych up the defense. In the locker room, that's who they went to. It wasn't uh, Little Zimmer, as some of the defensive players would call Mike Zimmer's son. A lot to be said about you know potential. Potential hires. Now, we we are going to have a new coach. My next podcast will talk more about that. We By the, the next talk I, that I have, the next podcast, there will be a new Vikings head coach. All signs point that way. I will discuss more about um, who we would sign as a D coordinator, other coaching opportunities, the playoffs will be under the way. Some some guys will decide to wait till the end of the season to get interviewed. Some will be interviewed midseason, like Stefanski. So we will have opportunity. We'll have more to talk to in other podcasts. But it's an end of an era. Mike Zimmer will no longer be our head coach. Spielman will be our general manager. I. Don't doubt that. There is talk, you know, some people are pushing the idea that he'll take a promotion upstairs and relinquish duties. We'll talk more about it in the next podcast of what Spielman's done. Hits and misses with draft picks. But join me in thanking Mike Zimmer for a solid but disappointing eight years, and I wish Mike Zimmer the best. And that is all for Minnesota Sports Talk, the land of 10,000 takes. Good day.